Rivals of the East, everybody. I'm your host, Buzz, with co-host Sean. Sean, we're getting geared up here for, what is it, week nine? Or week eight? I can't even remember anymore. Do you even oh, know? No. I don't know. I, 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 I blacked out and, uh, you know, maybe I had a concussion. I want to forget the trauma that was last week. Uh, week eight. I'm sorry. It all blends together. Okay. But, uh. Anyways, we got uh, two big matchups here coming up for Dolphins and Patriots here in week eight. Of course, Dolphins are taking on the, uh, well, not so tough Detroit Lions. And uh, the Patriots are going to be taking on the New York Jets. Red Hot Jets, five and two. A little bit better than the Patriots and the Dolphins. Didn't expect that, but all things considered. Right. And uh, interesting here with Sean. I want to ask you about the Patriots game since we just did our post-game show recently and wrapped up the amazing Bears-Patriots debacle that happened in Foxborough there. You know, obviously, there's a lot going on with New England on the offense. There's a lot of question marks there, and Miami's got – we've got our own, but there's no – they talk about quarterback controversy. You know, Bailey, Zappi, Mac Jones – Mac Jones didn't look so hot in the Bears game, got benched. Zappy comes in, looked good for one drive, and then fizzled out pretty quick. Um, you think Mac Jones is going to start this game on Sunday against the Jets? He will. It's been announced, um, as you may know, between Florio or Ben Bull and, you know, the, the Patriots' mouthpieces, per se. Uh, he indirectly lets them know uh, actually during Bill Belichick's last conference when he said, I'll let you guys know, maybe tomorrow. It, it was correct. He used them to speak through it rather than saying it publicly. That's how Bill likes to work. Um, in my belief, he was just, he wanted to tell the players before he let it out to the media. And it's disingenuous for him to sit there and say that that was a planned uh, rotation for that uh, Bears game. That's not the case. I don't, I'm not buying that crap. I think he's trying to protect his quarterback's feelings by putting it out there in the media that that was pre-planned. If it means lying, it means lying. Like, sometimes that's what you got to do. But I'd rather just say, let him die on that hill rather than do that in the first place. But that's besides the point. Um, so we're not going to get yeah. uh, the Ryan Fitzpatrick no, no. to the tongue of Iloa combo, no. you don't think, in New England? No. And actually, I think that's kind of hilarious when I had a Patriots fan uh, kind of bark back out at me. <laughs> saying, yeah, you got your own QB little controversy there. And I went, oh, kind of like your uh, last uh, 18 years. Your last 18 years. Um, uh, I was like, I don't know if you remember, your star quarterback that you're sitting here touting as a dog. He's a dog coming out he of the He got that dog in him. He's got that dog in him. He, he's out there winning games, putting it all on the line. Yeah, like the Steelers, that exciting high-scoring game. A W was a W, Sean. Yeah, a W is a W. Yeah, okay. But anyhow, I digress. Mac will be starting. He is the Patriots quarterback. I don't give a crap what uh, Bill Belichick says. That is the case. They need to die on that hill. They need to roll with him until the wheels fall off. And guess what? I think the wheels are going to fall off. You don't think Mac's going to be long-term, huh? 
what, what did I say about this season? I went, this season will be predicated solely off Mac Jones progression. We haven't seen a progression. Um, he's had a little pause, you know, mid because of the injury. So as soon as they started rolling out that playbook where you saw him slinging it out left and right, they went away from the under center, which I have been complaining about a whole season. They need to get back to playing run, play action. And then if you want to start throwing it downfield in must situations, you do it. But I, I, I feel like they're putting Mac Jones in a situation where it's hard for him to succeed because I just don't think they have the players for him to sit there and go shotgun under center with no threat of a run game because you're in a, you know, a, a halfback draw situation at that point. They're not a RPO team. He, it's forcing him to throw downfield and the receivers to get open. I just don't think they have the players to do it quite honestly, but. Well, speaking of um, not having the players though, I want to ask you because as you get into this game on Sunday with the jets, Christian Barmore is going to be out. Uh, David Correct. Andrews ruled out at center. Correct. Uh, two big players in, of course, uh, Josh Ushay is questionable. I know Isaiah Wind is questionable. Kyle Duggar, as well as Nelson Aguilar, your boy. So Interesting connection there, actually, by the way. Uh, that David Andrews hit that he took on the helmet from uh, Mike Pinnell on the side. I don't know. There could be a little controversy there. Maybe the Jets uh, went, hey, my ex-player, take him out. I, I honestly thought when I saw that hit that uh, David Andrews completely hurt his back maybe his ankles but and, and, and the, the, it's okay <laughs> <laughs> just going down that road of controversy for me because mike pinnell as you may know was also a patriot last year um right kind of never really got into that starting role like we thought he was supposed to be uh, actually i want to say i think he initially was expected to be the uh devon uh Gal galshaw yeah route he was supposed to be that run stuffer he never really panned out. Actually, he was injured quite often. Um, I don't know. When I see David Andrews get hit and he picks up and he puts his hand on his head and he shook it, and I went, where have I seen this before? Oh, at least no. I can actually look at a play and recognize he may have a concussion. Got his ear holes ring. Usually when he hits players in the side of the head, you definitely get that tingling sensation. I'm one to know, you know, trying to tackle people that are six foot four, 260 pounds, having no business going stand up with. Yeah, they, I, I, I felt that. But David Andrews, he's a lot bigger of a boy, but I feel for him. And yeah. it, it's going to be a loss. He's he's the signal caller on that offensive line. Right. Not just he's been actually mentoring Cole Strange a lot. You'll see him look to the side and help him with those uh, double teams. Not Michael Owenu because he's a physical specimen, and I, I think he's been able to hold his own. So this is going to be an interesting matchup against a Jets defense that is playing really good. Yeah, and I'm just curious, too, because with Mac Jones getting back in this game as a starter, uh, David Andrews, of course, out at center. It's going to put more pressure on Jones, I think, to extend plays, probably do more rollouts, maybe see what happens with this run game with Ramondre hey. Stevenson. If there's anything he's shown us, uh, at least he can move his legs. This is That's, true. This is true. Well, Breach Hall, it. of course, for the Jets is out. Uh, Torres, uh, was Barry, it his ACL? Yeah, ACL uh, I'm not sure. Achilles, something? Just, yeah, actually, I believe it is his Achilles. Yeah, um, so he's out. They got James Robinson from the Jags. Um, yeah, James Robinson came over from the Jags. You know, he, he was a good player. He kind of got lost somewhere in that uh, save and mix up over there or whatever the hell you want to call that situation. Um, he kind of took some shots on social media. So 
I look for him to try to make a breakout game because, you know, he, he's playing for the money at this point. He's trying to see if they can extend him. Maybe he gets slip in there and cut into some of that Breeze Hall carries. Um, as you know, they still have Michael Carter, who they do. I do not sleep on. I, I think he's an excellent pass-catching uh, running back. I think he's a really good uh, elusive scat back that could take advantage of some Patriot faults in that linebacker group. So what are the keys to victory for Patriots? What do they have to do to win this game, Sean? Uh, keys to victory, it's been clear to me. The Patriots literally are that team where I saw last year. You don't turn over the ball. You take what you can in points. They need to be a conservative team. I don't think they need to be sitting there slinging it out a shotgun. I think they need to be conservative, run the ball. If it's one to two plays in a row, go play action or open it up with, a, you know, a play action and then just kind of, you know, short game. They need to start out with the short game. Uh, they need to get the points they can early and they need to hold on to that lead. And I think they just need to run it into the sunset in the second half. Right. So um, keys to the game, protect the ball, run the ball, pass short. Yeah, and it's kind of like what the Jets do almost. Um, very conservative mm-hmm. approach there. So, I mean, you're not seeing Zach Wilson a bunch of times. Yeah. yeah so when you really see a team that goes into the third quarter with 99 passing yards and they still win the game, it, it's it's something to behold. Now, uh, what's your final score prediction? Uh, final score prediction, I'm going to go 17-21. I think the Jets upset the Patriots yet again. Oh, it's a it's a pretty good score prediction there. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go and go the way of twenty eight twenty four, Jets. I think Patriots will get another touchdown in the fourth, kind of bring it closer. But twenty eight points is a little too much for them to overcome there. Yeah, I'm I'm down on the whole just the feeling in the locker room. I think a lot of players were upset with how the QB controversy was handled and fairly so, honestly. Um, Mac Jones, as many have said, is, you know, he's, he's the hardest working player in the locker room. Right. And uh, Damian Harris, some weird stuff going on there in social media, cutting off everything. As everyone knows, that's like his, that that's been his friend since college. So there's a yeah. lot of weird things. going on. You got the mist of, Nelson Aguilar trade rumors. You got Isaiah Wynn trade rumors. He got benched last week. Um, you know, Damian Harris has been thrown out there in the mix. Kevin Bourne. There's a, there's a lot of stuff. And I think the next two games are going to make and break the Patriots season if they turn into a firehouse sale club. It could very well be. Could very well be. But uh, moving on from Patriots-Jets, the divisional game, obviously a big one. Jets right now the top uh, wildcard team in the AFC, as we all predicted. And now we talk about another potential wildcard team, baby. Miami Dolphins are going to be taking on the Detroit Loins. Dan Campbell, man Campbell and the Detroit Lions. Of course, Dan Campbell was the interim coach for a little bit after we fired Joseph Philbin. Uh, way back when, uh, that was a long time ago now at this point, but, uh, Dan Campbell, like five, six years ago, <laughs> uh, no, that was longer than that. Um, but I, I, I want to ask you, Sean, just straight up. Okay. Is Tua Tagovailoa elite? No. Good. Sure. I think, I think he's above average. Are you doubting the charts? I- 
Are you doubting yeah, the charts? I, I am absolutely doubting the charts. Um, the charts, uh, the misnomer specific information, like I pointed out to Buzz, where they were saying two leads the league in average yards per attempt. And I went, he also has uh, 150 versus Josh Allen's 260. And I'm like, that's almost three and a half games worth of attempts difference. So, and yeah. Not only that, but, uh, you know, put it into perspective, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure that even then Josh Allen was only like point something behind him. Yeah. <laughs> and with Patrick Mahomes. So uh, I want to get this out of the way with everybody. I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. I'm not a Tua fan. If Tua is a good quarterback for the Dolphins and he's going to be the one that could take us to win a chip, I support him. If he's not, get him out. I really don't care. My allegiance is not to a player. Um, it's to an organization. And quite Just frankly, calm that here in New England, I would agree with that sentiment. Yeah. I, I think people sometimes get caught up in this two and on cult. And they wind up getting to the point where they just try to cherry pick and nitpick. Yeah. And lighting just, candles over here as I say my seance. <laughs> you know, listen, two of the person seems like a really nice guy, really chill guy you could play golf with, you could hang out with. He just seems like a very down to earth, good person. I have nothing against Tua, Tongue of Iloa, the guy. Um, as a football player, he don't pass the eye test for me. Um, I've given him multiple years. He gets injured all the time since he's come to the NFL. He's missed games. He's cost us a lot in that sense when we've needed him most. He hasn't been there. And the fact you could say, well, you needed him most. That's why he didn't win games. Well, yeah, of course. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. I'm saying. Here's the question. When was he drafted? He was drafted in the 2020 draft at the fifth overall pick. So here we are heading from 2022 to 2023 with right. the same questions right. and the same concerns. Who does it remind draft. you of? Who does it remind you of? Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. So the real question comes down to Tua is very much so like Ryan Tannehill. What you see is what you get. There's no more that's going to improve. There's nothing else that's going to change. You'll have, oh, you'll have those very, very few games like the Ravens fourth quarter. Uh, just like Tannehill had the Raiders yeah. game in London where he threw for 400 I, yards. But you're I, not going to see I, I those honestly, as the rule. I honestly wish Dolphin fans could just look into the orb not that far long ago where I remember like like it was yesterday reading the same comments where I was hearing Ryan Tannehill had the wheels of a running back. And the of Drew Brees and – I believe the phrase was they burned the way out as he left. <laughs> I believe the phrase was when you have a quarterback who runs like a running back, you got Ryan Tannehill. That's uh, one of the phrases that I saw. So listen, and again, Ryan Tannehill. Yes, he went to the AFC championship game with the Titans. He's been in the playoffs every year. That's great. I'm not even saying that Ryan Tannehill's a terrible quarterback, okay? You could argue that this year, but I'm going off I, of history. I, I think I, I actually put that more on Mike Vrabel. I think he's made more of average play to like. Sure. You know, he's surrounded him with a good cast. He took. Here's the thing: is Ryan Tannehill had a lot of weapons taken away on the outside, yeah. AJ Brown and them. But you know, I, I get that. But the point is, you will never, ever, ever win a championship with Ryan Tannehill. You will never, ever, ever win a championship with Tua Tonga Vailoa. I'm telling you right now. 
surprised. I'm I'm going to sit there and say I was wrong. Because yeah, I don't but history it. will I show don't. you the outliers, like your Trent Dilfers um, and guys like that, the outliers, okay? Those are not the rule. They're the exception. Most of the time, go back and look at the most winningest quarterbacks in Super Bowls. You've got Tom Brady, Joe Montana. You've got guys like Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning. You've got other ones like Roger Staubach, Terry Bradshaw. You can go down the list of all these Troy guys. Aikman. Troy Aikman. And Troy Aikman wasn't – here's the thing. Yeah. You can list at some of these. Steve Young as well. I want to throw that name in there. Respect to Steve Young. But you Big look fan. at this list. If you look at this list, there are – some of these quarterbacks are like Trent Dilfer. They had a run game. They had the best defense possibly in NFL history. Joe Blacko. They had all the things around them that were going, that were going perfect. If you have a scenario like that where you can win a championship, yeah, absolutely. But that's not sustainable. Obviously, did the Ravens repeat? No. In fact, they didn't get to another Super Bowl and win one until over a decade later. How about Matthew Stafford? Matthew <laughs> Stafford. Yeah, he yeah. goes to the Rams, and then he wins a Super Bowl, and now he's falling off a cliff. So yeah. what I'm trying to say is that what people as Miami Dolphin fans have to understand about me and about other Dolphin fans that feel similar is that I want the Dolphins to win. Yes, two is four and zero oh this year when he finishes games. He's four and one as a starter, okay? Because he lost in the Bengals game because he started. But let's take the Ravens' fourth quarter out of the equation, which is an outlier, and let's look at the consistency level that we get from Tua. What are we getting? Just what are we getting? Four points. Four points on average per quarter. Is that enough to win a championship? No. No. Did the 49ers win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo? They almost did. But they did. In Who fact, won I'd that Super Bowl? Had, in fact, I'd say he's probably had the most unfortunate situation where he's playing against some of the greatest teams. Yes. Now, do I think the Dolphins will beat the Lions? Of course. I do think the yeah. Dolphins will beat the Lions. I don't think it's going to be a blowout like some people yeah, think. I, I think it's I think it's going to highlight some of the issues Detroit has that I think we've all acknowledged. Um, the defense is really just that bad, honestly. It is. Bailey Zappi light them up like it, and, it's that bad. And listen, we've got questionable guys. Uh, Emmanuel Ogba is questionable for Sunday. Uh, Durham Smythe is questionable at tight end. Xavier Howard is questionable as well. I guess he has herpes. I don't know. Um, there's all kinds of stuff that's going on with his offensive line. We're trying to keep players healthy. Brandon Jones, if you haven't figured it out, he already tore his ACL. He's out for the year at free safety. So oh, in shame. comes Eric Rowe. And it was, you know, Brandon Jones might be back next year. I have to look at his contract again. But, you know, he he's a situational player, and he's very good at those situations. Obviously, in the very first game of the year, he had that big play on Mac Jones, forced the fumble that Melvin Ingram scooped up uh, for the touchdown there. But I, I just – I don't want people to get it twisted, but you're going to have to come down to reality at some point that we're going to be in cap hell within the next two years. We're going to have start already asking Tyreek Hill to restructure his contract. Tua is going to want to get his money and get paid. Now, what do you pay to him? Would you pay Tua $40 million a year? No. The Niners didn't even want to pay Jimmy Garoppolo 34. They're like way too much. Here's as my headphone falls out of my ear. Here's my question with that situation. Would them spending that money on another guy that 
obviously if they're available, they're probably having some question marks. Would that be the same kind of situation though? Let's say they pay 40 million to, you know, one of those tweener quarterbacks where we're not sure if they're good, they're bad. Or or is it come down to drafting again where you save money? But you know, you're resetting the clock. You're sitting there going, I paid all this money for Tyreek Hill. I paid all this money for a left tackle. Is it worth resetting the button? And honestly, Buzz, and I think that is why they're going to re-sign him, is because they're in a situation where they overinvested in some players that the Brian question Cannell. marks the question marks may be too much for them to sit there and go, I have to do this again with another quarterback that we're already unsure of or just draft one, which is, I don't even think a question. It's the Ryan Tannehill situation again. And here's, here's where my problem is. Yeah. Again, I don't think two is a bad quarterback. I, in fact, if you were to say he was a backup quarterback, I'd say he's the best backup quarterback in the NFL. But when you look at the starting 32 quarterbacks that are out there, okay. I just don't have faith in him being one of those guys that's the reality of the NFL. I don't have faith in him being one of those guys that's going to carry a team in a bad situation. I mean, he scored zero points against the the Steelers on Sunday Night Football. He almost threw four interceptions. He threw a, a terrible pass in the Bengals game before he got knocked out and concussed in a double coverage. He has a he does a bad job of free reads. I watched the film breakdown from the Steelers game. He does very well against zone. He doesn't do very good against man. He has a hard time. Ball placement wise, when it's tight man coverage, and that's not good. Can he get better? He could get better. It's year three. Will he get better? Probably not. We're close to seeing a ceiling already with flashes of a game like a fourth quarter in the Ravens once every four years, like we have with Ryan Tannehill. The reality is, if you're comfortable with that and you think that that's going to be good enough, that's fine. Then you're probably going to be a Tua stand. But if you're a Miami Dolphin fan and you're sitting there thinking, like, would this guy be the guy to lead us to a championship? Listen, Dan Marino, I know, didn't win a championship for us, but at least we got to a Super Bowl with him, right? That has a lot to do with the way that the team was built. They just decided, we'll roll with Dan Marino. Different era as well. In today's era, though, if you put Dan Marino on a team, they're winning like six Super Bowls. I, I'm I, I'm willing to even sit there and say, uh, who who is his competitor in the AFC East? Drew Bledsoe. Oh, Dan Marino. No, yeah, no, Dan back Marino. in Dan Marino's day. You, I, I think if you put Jim Kelly Bledsoe into some of those games, like on these teams this time, Jim Kelly too, age, man. That's I'll give credit what he does. Too. Strong arm. He slung it. He kind of took gambles sometimes, and it, he he was ahead of the offense because that was before the playmaking was really like you know Dan Marino. He he had an excellent cast of running back, and the defense did its job. Um, yeah. Drew Bledsoe, he kind of made plays when they weren't there, and he had a really, really poor run game. So, <laughs> and I, I just look at it though, and I think, like I said, Tua will throw his two two hundred fifty yards this game and get his one touchdown, mm-hmm. maybe a pick. Um, <clears throat> which, by I the way, touchdown. By the way, I just want to point this out there: if Tua continues on the trajectory that he's on, Sean, we talked about this. I believe the stat line was he's going to finish the year if he finishes the rest of the games. 3,888 yards passing, 27 touchdowns, hmm. 10 picks. That sound familiar? Yeah, I think it sounds almost exactly what we said was going to happen. Yeah, um, I believe almost I said, exactly. 
I think, what is it? How, what did you say yardage? I, I said 3,750. I, I think I said 3,800. In fact, I said 13 picks. And I believe I said, what, 28 touchdowns? Correct. So we're off. 28. We'd be off by a couple there. But I just want to ask everybody, would that win you enough? Would that do the you job? Know, you know what similar numbers that actually is to last year? Who? Matt Jones threw for 3,500 and uh, 24 touchdowns. <laughs> well, how about that, Sean? Well, my final score prediction, Miami's going to beat the befuddled yeah. Detroit Lions. They're going to win probably, I'm going to say, 28-17. to 17. I think they'll win by 11 points just because the Lions' defense is that bad, and I think Miami's actually going to get a good run game going this time around. That's my prediction. What's your uh, – 24-17 um, turnovers in the second half, I think, just make the game unreachable for the Lions. I'm going to say helplessly turn it over, maybe overextending it on seven fourth down attempts this week. <laughs> a new record. Hey, listen, I'm going to say this. If they give Jared Goff too much time, it'll be a lot closer. And Jared Goff, if he has time, he, he will pick you apart. But as we saw in the Patriots game, if you have relentless pressure on him, he is going to throw it up there, <laughs> hoping something catches that isn't out there. Like uh, He'll be Tua... seeing ghosts like Sam Darnold back in the day. Yeah, like that Tua pass to Tyreek Hill on Sunday night where he didn't even look at him. He just chucked the ball that way. It was almost picked. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Come on, Tua. Don't do that this week. It'll get picked off. Anyways. Um, that's going to be our wrap up for us today, everybody. we got big games coming up week eight. Patriots Jets divisional game. Hopefully a bounce back game for the Patriots. According to Sean, I just love to see both teams tie and fall into the abyss. <laughs> and, the Dolph- <laughs> and then the uh, Dolphins play the befuddled Lions, the Detroit Loins and Dan Campbell. So we'll see what happens. We'll do our post game show wrap up after this week as well. But if you like what you hear, give us a shout, uh, write a comment, give us a rating, share clicks, all that good stuff. We're on Instagram. We are on YouTube. We're pod- uh, podcasts are available there. So everybody will see you on post game. Take care. Yeah.